Cargo lives up to its nickname, the Windy City. Winds of up to 90 miles an hour bring the less hardy to a standstill or use them like a Scotsman's curling stones. Alley fight between Fitz and Combs. You both get to pick three all-time socks and Cubs as part of your alley fight. My my number one draft pick is Michael Barrett. Michael Barrett, you're out of your mind. Hey, Michael, did you see that right hook? Ask AJ Brzezinski if he wants to get hit with that right hook again. You can ask AJ Brzezinski that. I will. <laughs> that's gonna be that's such a podcast question. I uh, shut up. Go to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Rebay has it. He throws. Out! Out! A White Sox winner and a world championship! And what is going on, Windy City Sports Talk fans? It's your boy, Brandon Combs, alongside Ryan Fitzgibbons. And all of our children are here. Well, almost half of mine are here. At any rate, we've got a lot to get to tonight. We're going to meet the the kids of Windy City Sports Talk. We're also going to talk some Chicago Bears. Preseason week one is in the books. We've got a lot of stuff going on there. The Cubs game out of the wild card spot, three games out of the division, and the White Sox being the White Sox even more, and we'll get to some of that as well. If you missed any part of today's live broadcast, you can catch us on all podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Spotify, and Pandora. We're also available on iHeartRadio. As always, make sure to click the like button, share, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platforms. If you have any feedback for us or have something you want us to talk about or questions you want us to answer, you can email us at combsandfits, all one word, combsandfits, at gmail.com. Fitzy, what is going on, buddy? Hey, how you doing today? Yeah, we're also on the Facebook page, Dads with Bacon. Uh, we do love bacon, but we also love our kids. <laughs> anyway. But I'm here with my buddy on his first day of school. Go White Sox! <laughs> oh man, you're that's child abuse. <laughs> that's, that's child abuse. So, so, so what's your name, buddy? Tell everybody what your name is. Aiden. Aiden, what's going on, bud? How are you doing? Good. How was your first day of school? Good. Good. Yeah. What was your favorite part? Um, going outside. Going outside, yeah. That's usually my favorite part of work is when I get to go outside and, and leave and go home. That's usually my favorite part, too. Yeah. Mine, <laughs> too. I wish I could work outside all the time. Well, not when it's cold or hot, right? You know, we don't like it when it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> so we've also got my kids here with me. We've got Rhino. Ryan, we've got who I like to call No-No. His name is Nolan. And then we've got the other one who always says no or yes or whatever she feels like because she is Miss Aubrey. So they don't have school yet. They don't start till, well, I think Aubrey goes back August 22nd. She goes to Maris. Don't be fooled by the sweatshirt. I don't know why she's wearing a Mount Carmel sweatshirt. She goes to Maris. And the two little guys, they don't go back till September 5th, so they've got some time yet. So, like, a week after, oh, a week after we go back home. Yeah, like a week after they go back home to Vermont. What's your guys' favorite subject in school? Um, 
Free time. Free time? Yeah, yeah just time. just like Aiden. Recess when you get to go outside? Yeah. Yeah. Or quiet time. Aubrey, you don't get recess or quiet time anymore, do you? Nope. No, you just get loud, get on we your phone, watch call it. mom during lunch break. Yeah. We get, <laughs> yeah. We get uh, number blocks. Number blocks? Yeah. That's your favorite. You like number blocks. I watched that too. You watched that too? Yeah? Yep. Nice. What's your favorite cartoon? Loud House. All right. So we got one vote for Loud House. What's your favorite cartoon? Loud House. Loud House. Two votes for Loud House. What's your favorite? What's your favorite cartoon? She loves SpongeBob. She loves it when it's on in the morning. She loves SpongeBob. I like, I like Bluey. Bluey? Have you guys ever seen Bluey on YouTube? Yeah. yeah. They used to like, uh, what was the other one? The the guy there. Blimpy. The, Blimpy. Blimpy. Did Blimpy. you ever watch Blimpy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Aubrey, don't you like Rick and Morty? English. Oh, Aubrey's favorite subject is English. Oh, don't really? speak it very well, but she likes it. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite subjects. What's your favorite, actually... What's your favorite to learn about? Animals? Animals. There you go. What's Aiden? What's your favorite sport? Is it is it football? Is it soccer? Is it basketball? Is it hockey? Baseball? I like soccer. You like soccer? Yeah. What about you? Um. Right, yeah. No one's a soccer kid too. He loves soccer. Oh, wow. They like soccer too. What about you? Hockey. Hockey. Aubrey? Aubrey's lacrosse. She's a lacrosse player. Wow. Yeah. Going into her sophomore year at Maris, it's going to be a lot of fun watching the, the girls kick some butt. They were in uh, the varsity team was in states this year, right? Yeah. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. They beat McCauley, the big rival. Oh, so. that's great. Kick yeah. McCauley's butt. <laughs> that's. That's what we live for, I'm right? Maris alum. I'm a Maris alum, so. Mar yeah. I uh, I went to Evergreen. I, I I couldn't. My parents didn't afford to bring me through a good education. They were just like, "Here, just get a stupid degree and go do whatever you can." Evergreen's okay. At least there was women that went to that school. No yeah, women yeah. went to the school. You know, you know what I what what our uh, claim to fame one of that at Evergreen was that the Unabomber went there. So, <laughs> oh my god, did he really? Yeah, yeah, the Unabomber went to Evergreen Park High School, and then a bunch of us got suspended the year that he got caught uh, because for Halloween we all came to school dressed as the Unabomber. So that was fun. About that, 15 yeah. of us went home early for a couple of days. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Crazy. But crazy. you guys have any questions for us? Anything you guys want to ask us? No? Do you have any questions? Mm -hmm. What's your question? Um, I like to go to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> we like to go to the zoo, too, if that's a question. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. 
uh, with these two boys here, it's like I live in a zoo. So <laughs> we went to Lincoln Park Zoo. Remember, we saw the new uh, lion cubs. Yeah, just, uh, last uh, Thursday. That's yeah. Awesome. So we're gonna have a uh, a barbecue this weekend, Aiden. You're gonna come. You're gonna come swim with the guys, or what? You gonna come swimming? Yeah. He loves to swim. All right. He's a little fish. <laughs> you guys want? <laughs> this one was over here practicing before our show. I heard him from the other room, and he's he's over there. He's going welcome, welcome to Windy City Sports Talk, where we talk about absolutely nothing. <laughs> he's got a point. He does have a point. <laughs> We talk about everything and nothing all at the same time. Yes. So. The Bears preseason game. That's something. Well, actually, it is nothing because it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> so we are on the Dads with Bacon network as well. So, you know, we just wanted to give you guys a little insight as to what our families look like, what our lives look like. We're, we're pretty busy when, you know, we get out of work after a full-time job and then we come home, we try to make time for our families and still bring you guys the, the sports talk that we try to bring you guys. So, um, yeah, check it out. That's what bacon on Facebook. And, uh, we'll be, uh, we'll be around and for a while, especially with that group, they got a lot of good stuff going on. They got a lot of different groups with dads with bacon. So definitely check them out and, uh, check us out on the dads with bacon network as well. All right, guys. Thanks for coming on. Say bye. Bye. Goodbye. Wave bye. Bye. Bye, bye. <laughs> bye Aubrey. Bye, Nolan. Bye, Ryan. Bye. Are you ready? Go on. Go by Mama. Love you. <laughs> oh, you got it. You can't leave a room without making noise. That's. That's just how it works, though, you know? <laughs> All right. Well, guys, so now you guys got to see a little bit of our families. Yeah. Got to hear a little bit of uh, what it's like with us, even though they were a lot quieter in that five minutes than they ever are. Oh, my God, yeah. When the camera or mic is off. Um, but, hey, I mean, that's that's how it goes. And one thing that was not quiet was our Chicago Bears this weekend, man. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on there. Um, I got into kind of a, not really a heated discussion, but a discussion with, you know, some some Justin Fields detractors. Because, you know, I, I you get people that, that get excited about what happened on Saturday, right? Me, personally, I'm excited about what happened, but I'm excited for a different reason than a lot of, you know, fans. And, and one thing I try to keep in perspective is that a lot of fans, they're just, they're, they're I don't want to say this in a bad way, but a lot of fans are just stupid. A lot of fans, they just don't understand the game, and they just want your team to do well, and if your team does well, then they're the greatest team ever, and if your team doesn't do well, they don't watch the games. You know yeah. what I mean? And so you have people on social media with the, with the Chicago Bears talking about oh well justin fields threw for 153 yards and only three passes and he did in two touchdowns and he you know lately but talking about it like he aired it out right and that wasn't the case because like, they the saw reason, the stats. 
Yes, the reason I'm excited about the 152 yards uh, and two touchdowns is because both of those plays, the offensive line broke down and Fields was getting pressured. And last year, that would have been 152 rushing yards for two touchdowns. And this year, he if you're checked, lucky. Yeah. yeah and this year, he checked down, he found a weapon, he put it in their hands, and he let them do what they're there to do. And that's all the work. He let his workhorses work. And that is a step in the right direction with this team. That's a step in the right direction with Justin Fields because last year that stuff was not happening. So yes, for the detractors out there saying, Oh, Justin Fields, he didn't do nothing. He just threw two screen passes. You're correct. He just threw two screen passes, but that is light years from what it was last year. So allow Bears fans to be excited about it and understand that 95% of fans are just idiots. You know, you you you've got you've got guys out there that are talking about, you know, when when the when the the Colts are 0-1. Oh, here we go. The the Colts are they're just the Colts. They're, they're gonna be the you know bottom three in the league. They've got a very talented team. You're not gonna be bottom three in the league. But what you're going to be is a team that's 0-1 in the preseason. Last year, the Bears were 3. You know the Bears are 4-0 since since Eberflus took over in the preseason? <laughs> they, won three they won three games in the regular season, which matched their win total in the preseason. It's, it, preseason doesn't matter. Preseason is about seeing what you have, when you have it, and what you have in depth as well. And that's what I like about the preseason, and that's what it showed this week. That's what the Bears showed this week. They showed what they have in depth. They showed what they don't have in depth. There, there's a quarterback on this roster that should not be on this roster for damn sure. And there's some players that you look at and you're like, I like what you did there. Roshan Johnson from this past game against the Tennessee That's Titans where he power. looked really good is now taking reps with the first team offense. He is splitting reps with Khalil Herbert and the first team offense this week in practice because of what he showed on Saturday, plus what he's shown in practice with the downhill running. They like his style. They like what he can do. Mm -hmm. So now you're going to get to see it in the next preseason game, what he can do with the number one offense. Like, that's the stuff you want to see. You want to see what your depth chart looks like. You want to see how deep each position is. And the Bears keep getting deeper and deeper, and we'll get into that in just a few minutes. But that's what you want to see out of the preseason. So when fans get excited about a preseason game and numbers that they see in the preseason, take two things into context. One, let them be excited. Two, if they're not excited about it for the right reasons, who cares? <laughs> who cares? The numbers are the numbers. True. Yeah, what I mean, I... I, I mean, I, I just think that one play is... Uh, kind of a microcosm of everything that could be possible in this season, right? Uh, the play to DJ Moore. I mean, I think I texted you about it. That was my first thought. Like, Justin Fields doing less and them still scoring points. Yes. On every, almost every touchdown, it was Justin Fields giving maximum effort. And right. yeah, Wilson Johnson's going to be a nice, I think he'll be a nice player. He, yeah, I love that downhill running. They need a back like that, especially since David Montgomery was sort of the de facto back for that. Um, I think Deontay Foreman will be that guy too, but 
I, I that that DJ Moore play. If you don't get excited about that, you're crazy. I mean, 25 yes. touchdowns uh, came from Justin Fields uh, last season. There wasn't many touchdowns outside of that. <laughs> I mean, there was a. When few was the last time the Bears had a weapon that was that had the capability of doing that? Uh, Brandon Marshall. Uh, as a wide receiver, Brandon Marshall. I guess you can go back to Matt Forte. Probably, yeah. Uh, he had a chance to take it to the house on 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 some carries, or or even even took some passes, some deep passes from Jay Cutler on a few occasions. But I mean, that's your running back's not supposed to be doing, supposed to be that person. Maybe Allen Robinson, I guess, but not explain. I, I would never have put Allen Robinson in the after he blew out his knee. I wouldn't put him in the explosive category. Yeah, I. I like what I saw. I like what I saw from the wide receiving core. I like what I saw from DJ Moore. Um, I like a lot of the things that that I'm seeing from this offense early. Right? Mm-hmm. There, there. You look at some of these other things that have gone. Like I watched a lot of football this weekend. I watched, you know, the 49ers and Trey Lance, who oh, looks terrible, by the way. <laughs> I, I posted in an NFL talk group well because i wanted to see what they look like and they're yeah, playing the raiders well, I I know, what the raiders look like but you look at at what trey lance was doing versus the third string in the third quarter and he looked awful mm-hmm. he does not look like a guy that can be the future of that franchise you know you look at anthony richardson who just got a the the go-ahead from the colts that he's the starting quarterback after week one where he threw an interception where he had zero wide receivers in the area and he threw it directly to a defender. Like, so you watch some of those things and you start looking at your team. And you're like, yeah, I, I like what I saw. I liked, I think the bears looked really good compared to some other teams in this league. I think that what you saw in week one was that the bears have some good depth. The bears have weapons, something, something we've never been able to say. The bears have a legit offense. Legit I mean, it offense. looks like it. It looks like it. There was even, you know, you saw Braxton, Braxton Jones out there blocking. Yeah. Uh, you know, a uh, couple of the receivers had good blocks. Um, Mooney had a good block. Uh, I think it was on the Herbert uh, carry, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. They both blended together. They look like almost the same play. But on, on you're right. There was a breakdown on the uh, Herbert play, especially. Which I guess with a screen pass, you're spo- it's supposed to look like there's a breakdown. It's supposed to be a fake breakdown, but still, screen passes. And even uh, Justin Field said that they weren't exactly clean. And some of his audio, I could play it, but whatever. That's all. He didn't say much more after that. It just wasn't clean. Which running a screen is not easy. I mean, for yeah. years the Bears could not run a screen. We used to have a saying: "Run the screen with Amon Green." And Amon Green played for the fucking Packers. <laughs> well, when you don't have an offensive line, you don't have it's hard to run a screen and they haven't had a a um a uh I'm sorry, they haven't had an offensive line in years. You know yeah, what I'm saying? And, so, with these, and with this Shanahan offense, you're supposed to have offensive linemen that can get down the field. I mean, not before you pass the ball. That's illegal, which I think the Khalil Herbert play might have been called back in a regular season game. I could be wrong. I'd have to look at it a couple more times, but just looking at it two or three times, it looked like um, 
it looked like it might have been might have had ineligible guys downfield, but I could be wrong on that. But anyway, you want your guys getting downfield on those screens, so obviously they can block uh, the guys that are left that haven't been sucked in by Justin Fields if he's running the screen correctly. And right. it seemed like that's you know it it seemed like that's what was going on. There was guys getting downfield. It, you want those nimble. Um, uh, for lack of a better word, nimble offensive lineman, as nimble as they get. But I mean, we did have one offensive lineman training to be a wide receiver in the off season, but they keep doing that on purpose. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, that's what you want. You want those guys swinging out uh, probably to your left side. If you're thinking Justin Fields going away, being right hand, but he can do it on the right side too but those both went to your left so to the screens left uh which would yeah. be Justin Fields left which is usually where you're going to go if you're a right-handed quarterback and I and I thought you know that's not an easy play to do and they he did suck guys in and it did work out and they were they were going against some first stringers so right and, and I just I'm I'm not a like look I I don't get excited about preseason numbers I just don't. Because if you're going to get excited about preseason numbers, then then you're just going to set yourself up for failure. Um, I, I get excited about, you know, what I'm seeing on the field. It's all about the eye test. Like, that's something that I've always been big on is the eye test. When I was on Man Hour, my segment was Combs' eye test, right? Because I don't just, like, you can't just look at numbers. And, you know, because if you look, if you just strictly look at numbers, on the books, Justin Fields might be the worst quarterback in the history of the NFL. If you if you strictly look at numbers, you've got guys who were in the league for for about six games who were absolute studs, right? Like who was the the Packers quarterback who came in for Aaron Rodgers when he was hurt, then signed a big contract with Seattle, and then lost his job to Russell Wilson in the same preseason. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't just look at numbers. You have to use your eyes. You have to see what is going on in front of you. And for me, I'm excited about what's going on in front of me. I'm excited about Justin Fields. I'm excited about this season. And I, I really feel like when we talked about 10 to 12 wins, I, I just, I think we're correct. I think that's where we're at with the Chicago bears. And I could be wrong, but just, I think my kid hit me more than Justin Fields got hit during the game. I don't yes. think he, I don't think he got sacked once, which is good because he got sacked more than or just as much as one other quarterback in the NFL last season, uh, yeah. 55 times, which is ridiculous. And right. um, in, in 15 games, by the way, he didn't play in two games and he still had the lead. Um, so he, he didn't get touched. Not a lot of injuries uh, popping up. We do have a couple. Tremaine Edmonds um is hurt they did pick up um what was it malik i forget his last name or that could be his last name he's gonna be like a oh, second yeah, thought, yeah michael uh what was his name michael washington or michael i forget michael anderson maybe uh from the from the falcons linebacker from the falcons yeah, they added some I'm, depth I'm there i mean waiting him with another name yeah no yeah michael walker michael walker, michael walker there you go um, yeah, it's a good pickup. I mean, the guy had a career year, but it was also his only year that he's been on the field. Um, and then he gets cut by the Falcons. Now, who knows if that's a, a money thing or whatever the case is. And the Falcons just aren't going to be good this year. Maybe they are just shedding some, some empty weight, but 
I like what polls has done and I'm not sure, but it raises the question is Ryan polls already the best GM in bears history. He just keeps <laughs> adding pieces. man. You're going to give him a, it. That's like giving Rick Hahn the executive of the year in 2017. Let's go back and look at the history of GMs in, in Chicago bears franchise history and it's not i mean it's not going to be hard for you to be the best out of that bunch right and then you start looking at, at some of the things that you've done where you've taken um you know uh, an all pro linebacker and you let him go and you said you weren't going to pay him the hundred million dollars that he wants in roquan smith and you've replaced him with two pro bowl caliber linebackers one was a pro bowler last year other one has the potential to be a pro bowler for about $27 million and a second round draft pick. Not only that, you continue to add depth. You made that trade to go ahead and get DJ Moore. The draft pick of Roshan Johnson, I think, is going to be something that really stands out for people by the end of this season. Ryan Poles, to me, I can't remember a time where I've ever been this excited about bears football eight sacks this week and yes you can say you know a lot of it was against second and third stringers and you're doing what you want to do but you're supposed to do that against second and third stringers mm -hmm. and, and a lot of our starters on the defense did not play in that game so the fact that your depth is doing that to second and third stringers that's what you want to see so you have these guys going out there and doing what they're doing but then you also got the people that are skeptical about the bears and what they're going to do and well they did it against us and they did and they only did this and they only watch with your eyes man yeah this i mean team is going to be sacks. good they had 20 sacks all last year yes all last year they i mean i i think it says a little something even with and second and third stringers especially in football you know what they become starters all the time all the time yes um yes. guys on the practice squad or end up on the practice squad or fourth and fifth string whatever those are the guys that i mean these guys are still really really talented players i mean might have this or that wrong might be aging out or th thought to be aging out and these are still extremely extremely talented individuals who can play i mean you can you can get something off a preseason game you really can uh yeah. but uh, you know, I once ran around drunk during a Bears Dallas Cowboys preseason game when I was like 25, screaming, This doesn't count. When a lot of Bears <laughs> fans were pretty crazy about the Bears that year, uh, because the Bears were just walloping on, on, uh, um, on the Dallas Cowboys that year. But, uh, that being said, you can't still see something. I mean, they, they did score a touchdown and I'm guessing that was off the first string defense. Even if it was the second string defense and Justin Fields didn't, if he doesn't have to do a lot to score, I mean, how many times was he at 70%, 75, 80% trying to will this team to a win, uh, last year and, and yeah. it just not working out. I mean, there was a lot of times where that happened, where you're not going to have that. You're going to have a fresh Justin Fields in the fourth quarter, by the way, where he did struggle, which if you want to point out one point where I'll agree with where he struggled, it would be in the fourth quarter. He definitely struggled then at the end of games because he's rushing for 100 yards, passing, doing five or six different things, you know, doing yeah. run pass options. You know, running had eight to ten running plays called for him a game. They cannot do that to him this year, and I and I hope this shows them that they don't have to. Yeah, and I, I hope me for me personally, 
watching him throw them screen passes while evading a pass rush that got through the offensive line. It, one of the plays, I believe it was Tevin Jenkins who went the wrong way because now he's playing on the opposite side. So he blocked like a, like a right guard, but now he's playing left guard. And you're going to have those when you've got guys playing new positions, you're going to have those, those, you know, key cogs, I guess you would call them. And you are going to have to do something. And instead of running, you found your weapon. Instead of putting yourself at risk, you found something else. Now, granted, yes. Is he going to run a, like four or five times a game? Sure. Most of the mobile quarterbacks do. But to limit that from what you were last year is why I'm excited for this, because now he's going to show you're going to get to see what Justin Fields can be in the NFL. And to me, I think that that's going to be a special player. I think he's going to be one of those guys. And Shanna Cecil Trust is checking in. She says, hey, guys, I got to watch the preseason and get a tornado warning while watching. You guys should come down here when the Bears are in town and go see how many non-Titans fans there is. Is this the, is this would, the Nashville Predators situation? I would, I would, I would love to come down to Nashville and watch a game when the when the Bears are playing the um, <laughs> Man Hour. Buck chimes in. Oh come on, my guy Buck says special as an overrated. Sure, that look. It, it, we could we could have this argument, Buck. Um, we can go back and forth about this, but if you think that this kid is going to be overrated, we're going to have a conversation. I we could either have it halfway through the year or we could have it at the end of the year if you want. But this kid is he's not overrated. And not overrated at all. The one that during the draft was saying Kenny Kenny Pickett was going to be good for the Steelers. Oh, look, Kenny Pickett's going to be. They're going to be great. He's five and twenty as a. I hate this argument. Here we go. He's five and twenty as a starter. He's five and twenty as a starter with the worst coach in the NFL history. Running oh, his good. plays, making his play calls, refusing to change play calls. You're talking about 10 straight losses in a season where they are trying to lose games. They had how many leads heading into the second half and just stopped running the ball, stopped doing the things that they do well, and started doing the things that they knew were going to fail because they wanted to lose games at the end of that season. That was a seven-win team last year that won three games. They were a seven and eight team. That's why all the people now talking about them only being a six to seven-win team this year is insane and it's asinine and you guys are going to find that out i i don't even we could talk about it all you want time's going to tell either i'm going to be right or i'm going to be wrong and i'll admit it if i'm wrong but it's it didn't, it i'm didn't telling you right now when you with five passes i, I don't think he had three games with five buck just starts spouting stuff out when you get him going he just starts random random shit starts coming out of his mouth hey man buck you seven win team, but we only won three. That is the most bare thing ever, he says. It, it, I guess if you're not watching the games and if you're only looking at it on paper and if you're only looking at the numbers and you're actually not watching, then that is when you don't understand. So, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. All I can tell you is watch this season play out. Watch what the Bears are. Watch how talented the offense is. 
And you're going to see this is going to be a 10 to 12 win team as long. And I've said this before, as long as they are healthy for at least 14 games. If you get 14 games out of fields and 14 games out of this offensive offense, then you're going to have a 10 to 12 win team. Anyway, <laughs> he keeps going. He's going to keep going. But it's the NFL. There's got to be a but. There's always a but. Shannon said, I'll even let you use my address to get the tickets. <laughs> it's got to be a Nashville thing. <laughs> if they let you in. She says, try not to get my hopes about the Bears. It's only preseason. I agree. And, and that's what I'm telling you. I'm not, I'm not saying don't get your hope. It, it, whether they won or lost that game was irrelevant to me. Whether they, they went out there and put up 75 points was irrelevant to me. How they looked in that game, the things that you're doing, watching Justin Fields check down and, and throw the ball instead of getting, you know, into just a running mindset that changes it for me. That is what shows growth. And that's what you're looking for out of Justin Fields. You're looking for him to take that next step. And that's what you haven't had. You haven't had a chance for him to take that next step because he w- went into a brand new offense in his second season. And the first offense that he had in the first season was atrocious, not geared towards him. And they kept doing things that were out of his comfort zone. They wouldn't let him loose. They wouldn't let him do the things. And they even started that this year and the this past year in the first four or five games. They didn't let him loose. They kept him tight. They kept him in the pocket. They weren't letting him do the things. And then once they let him loose, after week seven last year, he became the quarterback that he can be. He had the, the, the fourth highest QBR in the second half of last season. Fourth highest. That means only three other quarterbacks were better than him after the first half of last season. So all of this nonsense with, with you know, Buck talking about, uh, you know, the him looking this way and he's not going to be this and he's not going to be that just watch. That's all I've got to say is just watch because you're going to see what we all see, what we've already seen. And I know there's even bears fans that are detractors. It's not just buck. There's bears fans saying this stuff uh, on bears uh, on Chicago sports radio that don't believe in this kid. And that's fine. As uh, I call that bear shell shock. They have bears PTSD because we haven't seen that in this city. We haven't seen that in this town. The whole country does. They know the ineptitude of this organization. Never having a pass. Every other team has had a 4,000-yard passer, except for the Bears. Except for the Bears. I mean, every other team, even the fucking Browns. Yeah. And everybody sees that. And when you're a national host, obviously you're going to be like, well, I mean, if I want to be right about something, I might as well say the Bears suck. I mean, there's yeah. chances are they're going to suck. And this is why I like arguing with Buck, because then he gives you your own argument. But they was trying to lose games in the second half. Exactly, Buck. They were trying to lose games in the second half, and he still had the fourth highest QBR in the league. And they were trying to lose. He was doing things when they were not trying to win games. So imagine now when they're trying to win games. Imagine now when he has weapons. Imagine now when he has some of some of an offensive line. 
Imagine now when he's got at least a mediocre defense. Imagine now when they've got the ability to do the things that they haven't had the ability to do in a long, long time. Jeremiah also, DJ Moore, will not have to have the ball stripped out of his hands, will not catch the ball at the one-yard line, Mooney, and not yes. fall into the end zone and will run a crisp route and be in position. Correct. Yeah, I mean, you see, he looks like exactly how he's billed. How how he's how he was billed, meaning B I L L E D, not build, not his build, but his build is as a running back. I mean, he looks like a running back receiver. I mean, if, if you can use him that way, that's how Carolina used him. All the bad quarterbacks they had in Carolina, what they had three, four quarterbacks passing into him, including the another bus, Sam Darnold. Um I mean, it just looks like they've given him enough to at least see it. And, and, and this is another thing that we were saying draft night is that you, you're not losing a whole hell of a lot. Right. Because now here you have two first-round picks and two second-round picks. You can start the clock again. I still think Justin Fields is going to be the guy, but you can start the clock again. Jeremiah Murray says there's a disturbing amount of Bear fans that prefer their quarterback white in the pocket. And for a long time, I didn't think Virginia McCaskey was going to let us have anything but that. But things have changed. This 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 franchise is changing, and it's changing for the better. Ryan Poles is a great change. Um, Kevin Warren is probably the best change. The things that Kevin Warren is doing, there's no question, and everything that I'm hearing in media out of this team is that Kevin Warren's in charge. Kevin Warren is running this football team, yep. and that is a good thing for Bears fans. That is a good thing for Bears fans. Buck chimes back in, of course, says not no one, not one NFL player tries to lose. Look what the Houston players did. The GM was trying to lose, and the players are like, no, you're correct. However, when a coaching staff is putting in plays, putting in players in a position to not succeed, they are trying to lose. When they are, when the Bears played Green Bay last year, it's a perfect example. Go watch the second game versus Green Bay. Watch the first half where Justin Fields is doing anything he wants to that defense. There was one point where he made seven of their defenders miss when they had him sacked and dead to rights. And he ends up running it in for a touchdown. He was doing whatever he wanted to that defense. Then in the second half, then in the second half, they start doing things completely different. Start doing plays that just aren't going to work, running the ball this way, passing the ball this way, doing things that are not working and you can see it because they keep handing in on the sideline to Aaron Rodgers. Every time the Bears have the ball, they're panning in on Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines, and he's smiling. And he's smiling because he knows what the Bears are doing. It happened he in knows the what's Atlanta going game on. too, where yes. they played. They they pick. The only thing is, is they fucked it up because they do three plan runs with Justin Fields in a row, and they end up getting the guy oh, hurt. But no, they there was some chicanery going on there where you're 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 high flying you're passing down the field in the first half but not in the fourth quarter if they were trying to win buck says fields wouldn't have played period fact of the matter is you cannot take that as just a average quarterback he'll hell give me lamar jesus christ i don't think fields didn't play after week 14 maybe it was 15 where he for but he didn't play after week 14 and they they limited him in the second half of every game after week seven every game which the week seven was their final win they were three and four after week seven and that was their last win and the patriots yes in new england yes 33 to 7 
I mean, just steamrolled New England in New England. But that was the thing. That that's not what they were trying to do. And you can say what you want. And and I mean, I know you're trying to get my goat buck, and you're trying to trying to get me going, and trying to get me arguing with you again. But this team by week seven is going to have a different tune from all of the detractors. By the end of the season, they're going to be talking about whether or not Justin Fields is an MVP candidate. Plain and simple. That's how this is going to go. And again, I might be wrong. I I could be completely wrong. Fields goes out week two, tears his ACL, and and we're done. But as long as they are healthy, this this is a 10 to 12 win team. Buck says, I'll be in Chicago when they play the Lions, and we'll be wearing a field jersey. I will rip that thing off of you so fast. (laughs) You you will not come in my city wearing a Justin Fields jersey after the spit you've spewed about him. He wanted to wear a Packers jersey when we did the draft. I know. The south side of Chicago. You know why? Because he's going to come in when they play the Lions. He's going to be wearing a Fields jersey because that's what Buck does. He jumps on bandwagons. (laughs) That's why that's why he's a Chiefs fan slash Cowboys fan slash Packers fan slash now he's a Detroit Lions fan. Flavor of the month fan. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna be what whatever team is winning, that's the that's the jersey he's going to have. Least I can see. At least I can see the wagon. Oh boy. Jeremiah did have a good point not to keep this going. Yeah. If you're saying he wouldn't play if they were trying to lose, aren't you in fact saying he's a good player? <laughs> Makes a good point there. He had to play last year. I mean, he has to get his reps in. They have right. to see what they got as well. They still didn't know what they got. They, they and and there's there's an argument to be had that they still don't 100 know. Even polls has said it. I still right. need to see it happen with the arm. We all do. I think there was flashes of it last year. I think there was enough to see last year. Um, and if he isn't the guy, you're you're right. Poles has has given safety hatches has safety hatches everywhere for this team. That's why he's been such a good GM, and why because he he always has a plan. At least he has a plan. Yes. For once we have a GM, <clears throat> excuse me, that has a goddamn plan. Right, your safety hatches two first round picks and two second round picks. If not this year, you win. You you go eight and three. You put you put the, your foot on the gas before the trade right. deadline. They have a late buy this year too. Be a perfect time. You you can you can wait until right before the trade deadline to maybe use one of those second round picks to get somebody maybe another receiver. You know maybe you need another guy on the defensive side. I don't know what it's going to look like exactly what it's going to look like then. But you, or you keep, or you stay pat, or you're three and eight, or whatever it might be, two and seven. So, with week two of the preseason coming up versus the Colts, what do you want to do? We need to see more from this first team offense, or would you rather see them get a rest into week two? I mean, there is a bye after week three of the preseason, so I don't understand all the all the concern for playing the first first string offense in the preseason because you do after week three of the preseason you got a week off before the season starts yeah no yeah i mean yeah you would just wait till week three maybe give them a i'm guessing they're gonna need some reps they i i think especially with this coach he's not a guy like naggy that's gonna have him sitting on the bench there's there's no way yeah 
I, I don't know what the second game will start. I should see a half. Sorry, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. I just I just don't see that happening when you got a guy you want. You don't need a lot of injuries this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know what they'll do. I mean, with with the coach they have, maybe they will play him a little bit more. You know, um, he had what? Uh, he he only had two chances this last game. You know, maybe maybe they give him another two, but I don't see the yeah. point. If they're going to give him a half in the third game, what is the second game going to do for him? Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, and Buck says all jokes aside, we'll commit and Claypool will finally be a good one to punch. I, I think more and Claypool will be the one to commit and Claypool yeah. might be a good two, three punch. I think Komet's going to have a bounce back season. I think he's going to have a really good season catching the ball. I think you're going to be able to use him more because just because you have more weapons, it's going to open him up mm-hmm. a lot more. Um, and and I, Claypool having an entire off season with this offense, you, you come in from one offense into a new offense halfway through a season, and then you get hurt in that process. It, you're bound to have a not so good, you know, part with the new team. And, and that's if people, I don't think people understand how complicated NFL playbooks can be. Um, and so I, I think Comet and Claypool will have a good season. I, I don't want to see too much from this first team offense other than, again, I said two series per game for the first three weeks of the preseason. I just want to see two two series per game. I want to see you do the little things. I want to see, you know, if you do go three and out, I want to see how you bounce back to the next series. I want to see, I do want to see Fields throw some deeper passes. I want to see him throw, you know, a 10-yard out. I want to see him throw the ball 20 yards on field. I want to see if if we can hit, you know, uh, whether it's Claypool or whether it's it's DJ Moore, I want to see if we can hit him on the run on a deep dime down the field. Like those are some of the things I would reads. like to see. Yeah. I want to see more reads to his second and third guy. We did see some of that last year. There was a few plays to Mooney, a few plays to Komet, one to Pettis that he actually caught, um, where he was going to the three, his third and fourth read pretty quickly going through his progressions, but I'd like to see him go through his progressions a little quicker. The DJ Moore thing, I, I th- they had him 26 on ESPN. DJ Moore, the 26th wide receiver, wide receiver for fantasy football. I, saw that I thought was insane. And then they had Justin Fields as six. Now I know that Justin Fields is six because of his legs. Right. You know, the guy had, what, 3,600 yards just with his legs plus 25 touchdowns last year. They think he's going to be better this year. Yeah, that's why I see six. But DJ Moore at 25th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. some guys ahead of him that just made me shake my head. Yeah, you look at, at again, ESPN's lists always make me shake my head. I never go by ESPN's <laughs> list. I usually take take the ranks of, uh, you know, I usually just take the players when I'm doing my fantasy draft, which I got one coming up here in a couple of weeks. And I just take the players and I do my own rankings because I don't, I'm not going to look at, at if ESPN's got, um, got a, uh, a couple of, there's two Denver Broncos wide receivers ahead of DJ Moore. I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. And the way that they looked in that first preseason game this week, when when they were playing in the entire first half, that offense was, and just getting their asses kicked all over the place. Like, I'm not touching one of their wide receivers. I'm not touching a Miami Dolphins wide receiver because I don't know who their quarterback is going to be week to week health-wise. So I'm not putting Jalen Waddell up there. I'm not putting Tyreek Hill up there on my list. So I don't really pay attention to those those lists. Um, But... It's it's one of those things with 
you know, where it comes and goes, you're not going to know till the season starts and, and, and we get into it. And, you know, Jeremiah Murray has a good point. He says these uh, joint practices will dictate how long they play. I, I've heard a lot about these joint practices. I like it. I know that Eberflus is a big fan of it. And uh, I, th- I think it's going to start taking more by storm. I think there's a couple of teams. Uh, one team was is practicing um, and, and then heading out on the road next week for practice to New England or something like that. So it's different. I like it. I think you learn a little bit more in practice um, just because mm-hmm. the way that they run a lot of these joint practices is, you know, we're going to run 15 run plays. Now we're going to run 15 pass plays. So when the defense knows what's coming and you can still beat them, that's huge. The defense should dominate in a practice like that. But when they don't, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's when good when they know what's coming and you can yeah. beat them. Yeah. So I, I don't mind these these joint practices. Um and you can it's almost i mean different people you've been with the same people for six weeks maybe right. longer if you're at otas like it's different people it's different players it's different speeds you know and not only that but you don't when you're when you're going one-on-one and within your own team you're probably not going as hard as you are when you're going up against mm-hmm. other teams you know what i mean like if you're going up against there's there's guys with egos there's not yep. a there's the number one cornerback is not going to let you get toasted on the offense so to make you look good like might happen if you are on the same team hey I'll, I'll let you go this this play you let me go next play that's not going to happen on these because nobody wants to look silly nobody wants to look like the guy that doesn't know what they're doing in these practices so you almost in a sense can learn more from these joint practices than you can from a preseason game yeah I mean, you would think, I mean, you have more time to play with certain players. You probably have your first stringers playing a lot more games than you do yeah. in, in, in uh, preseason. Uh, you can switch out guys, certain guys you want to see. You can do a lot of things. Uh, you're, you're not, you're not, you, you don't have t- a certain amount of time to do it. There's not a muff punt. No, your offense didn't get the ball back. Felix Jones yeah. again muffing a punt. I mean, is he going to get cut? Guy. Is he going to make I don't the team? No, he's too quick. He's too talented. I think he's got to do something special to make this team in, in these next two pre. He can't. If you muff another punt, you can't make this team. At some point, Ryan Poles has got to be like, you know what? Maybe we just made a mistake. We just made a mistake. It's possible now that you got Tyler Scott there. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Uh, Vilas Jones is supposed to be a little bit different. He's supposed to be on the. He's supposed to be that wide receiver screen guy, but maybe you got that guy in DJ Moore. I mean, TJ Moore does that, and then you muff a punt. Yeah, Those are the two things you're supposed to do. <laughs> right. We got other guys. Yes, and that's the thing, and that, and that's what bothers me a little bit about about the quarterback position is we don't have another guy. We don't have other guys. No. We we've we've got two what the fucks behind Justin Fields. Yeah, you don't have a Trevor Simeon, but does that does that matter uh, much? I mean, <clears throat> with a with a Trevor Simeon, you're probably not winning with this team anyway, are you? Really? I mean, the way it's constituted, the kind of plays that are put in for Justin Fields himself. 
Yeah, no, not at all. Jeremiah Murray says, here's something a Bears fan has never said. That wide receiver room is deep. It is? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do. We have depth at the wide receiver position. We've also we got depth at the linebacker position. We've got depth We've got depth just about everywhere except for on the edge where they did pick up Ngakwe. I saw Buck's question earlier. Is Ngakwe going to be a starter? He's absolutely going to be a starter. Yes. Um, he'll, they have yeah. nothing else. Um, I'm, if if I'm going to watch Gibson... Yeah, if I gotta watch Gibson all year by himself, though, I mean, I'm not doing it. It, it, They've got they've got a couple of guys that they can do. They they look good. I'm excited about the Bears. I'm excited about the Bears season, but I'm also excited about some Fitz gibberish, buddy. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Keep keep the banner away for a second. Uh I got a special Fitz gibberish clip to start things off. Here we go. After you remember this scene. So why don't we dive right in by interpreting one of the easiest events in the last 20 years of American history. Now, can someone tell me why in 1975 we pulled our troops out of Vietnam? The failure of Vietnamization to win popular support caused an ongoing erosion of confidence in the various American but illegal Saigon regimes. Is she right? Because <laughs> I know that's the popular version of what went on there. I know a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could, but I was there. I wasn't here in a classroom hoping I was right, thinking about it. I was up on my knees in rice paddies with guns and Edward going up against Charlie, slugging it out with him while pussies like you were back there partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs, listening to the goddamn Beatle albums. Oh, oh. Hey, hey, Professor, take it easy, will you? I mean, these kids, they were in grade school at the time. And me, I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. Well, I didn't know you wanted to get involved with the discussion, Mr. Helper. But since you want, maybe you can help me, okay? You remember that thing we had about 30 years ago called that Korean conflict? Yeah, where we failed to achieve victory. How come we didn't cross the 38th parallel and push those rice eaters back to the Great Wall of China and take the work and nuke them back into the fucking Stone Age River? How come? Tell me why. Say it. Say it. All right. I'll say it. Those Truman was too much of a pussy wimp to let MacArthur go in there and blow out those cummy bastards. Good answer. Good answer. Like the way you think. I'm gonna be watching you. A good teacher. He really seems to care about what I have no idea. <laughs> yes. Hello, my friends. And if you don't know what a diatribe or a conspiracy theory is, that's Fitz Gibberish and that's Sam Kinnison from Back to School. And we are in the middle of back to school for some kids. Other kids get to wait a couple of years. Uh, <laughs> classic movie, though, if you've never seen Back to School with the immortal, as I've already said, Sam Kinison, and, of course, Rodney Dangerfield. Please run out and give it a spin in the spirit of Back to School. Lord knows we need to start celebrating rated R comedies again in this country. But, yes, it's Back to School for our little fuckers. 
which makes this a special Fitz gibberish because my son, as I said earlier in the show, if you missed it, had his first day of kindergarten today. If you were looking back at this recording, son, I hope you didn't get indoctrinated into a shill for corporations or worse, a Packers fan or Buck for that matter. <laughs> I'd like to say I put up a good fight and was strong when I dropped off the little bugger. But this but this morning I did cry like a kid who dropped his ice cream cone. Though long before I cried in front of teachers who were at least 15 years younger than me, I could not ignore the synonymous nature of school and sports. Especially when the new untold sports doc series on Netflix just dropped simply titled Johnny football about the mercurial Johnny Manziel. It was most assuredly, most assuredly a money grab by the former Texan Texas A&M star. But at this stage in his life, can you really blame him? Documentary was okay. If way too charitable to some of the players involved, it brings you back to what was this young man was able to what this young man was able to do before his 20th birthday, merging out of the most rabid football area in the world. Yes, the state of Texas. He was the first college freshman to win the Heisman. And yes, a celebrity overnight when he beat undefeated Alabama. That's over 10 years ago. Can't believe it. The documentary does a a good job of bringing you back to the Johnny football craze and all its glory. The hundreds of thousands of dollars he made illegally in autographs, the drugs and the $5 million he blew in months is combed over with fine care like Trump's hair after a helicopter ride. Too bad the $400 million extra the university made after his freshman year was not the lifestyle of Johnny was allowed to have that kind of definition at an hour and 15 minutes. Johnny football was at least an hour and five minutes about his partying and under undisciplined behavior. His agent talks about the Cleveland Browns admission that over his first year in the NFL, he had 0.0. Yes. That's a Mr. Blutarski from Animal House. 0.0 iPad screen time for the Cleveland Browns. Very little, though, was spent on the 19-year-old boy that was swept in the spotlight without any regret for his well-being. Devoured by vultures who have become way too common on this side of the American experience, his mom says after he won the Heisman, the look on his face was that of a boy afraid. Kind of like my boy's face looking back at my wife, Nicole, this morning as we passed him off to the teacher in the parking lot. Kind of like the hundreds of thousands of kids will be passed off this week to teachers and administrators of many schools across America. I say boy when talking about Manziel because even though we allow them to be killed overseas at age 19, they are still boys. The male brain does not mature until 25, according to proven science. By the time Manziel was 25 and opened his eyes $5 million down, he had a loaded gun ready to kill himself. Spoiler alert. This wasn't Brady, Manning, or Breeze who were able to expertly negotiate their own celebrity 
but shouldn't we be equipped to help all kinds of youth, no matter the struggle? Heck, Manziel was even equipped to face what Justin wasn't even equipped to face what Justin Fields has in this in his alarmingly first two seasons. Now I don't know what was done to mitigate Manziel's struggles, but back in the day, we at least kept with a lie that we were giving these men education, that we were helping them to grow into manhood. We don't even pretend anymore. And that is a big shift, even if you haven't felt it or are still denying it. Yes, it makes a father wonder when he gives his son over to an aging and fundamentally flawed system. What is he getting back? And for the rest of America, if we keep teaching our kids this way, when does that pill come due and land on our doorstep asking questions? We have not been equipped to answer. For them, it's hard. For me, it's hard to point fingers because that's what we do in this country when we all bear the guilt here. And that, my friends, is Fitz gibberish. Mr. Combs, thoughts? So I haven't seen the documentary yet. Um, I, I know I need to. It's one of uh, a few that I need to go take a look at. Um, but it's a sad state for for athletes sometimes because a lot of them will get taken advantage of. A lot of them will get taken for for what they are. Um and especially when they are making a lot of money and they have friends but no common sense or no sensibility or no leadership in their lives, they will get taken advantage of and and people will come af- after them and or will be by their side for the wrong reasons and it's hard for them to decipher them out and you know it's sad it's sad to hear that that he wanted to kill himself it's sad to hear that that he had that going on um you know he clearly never had the mental landscape that it was going to take to be a superstar in in any sport um you know, and we see that stuff like like now with with what's going on and, and how people are already killing, um, you know, the Rays star over here for a relationship that they have no clue what's going on because you've heard all heard all sorts of stories about her. Some say she's fourteen. I've heard a report that she's actually nineteen and she has a kid. Like, yeah, who who knows what what the actual story is? So I'm gonna wait for the facts to come out before I kill this kid. And if you want to hear something scary, especially when it comes to sexual assault amongst athletes just google former football player accused of sexual assault (laughs) and watch how many come up where they were found not guilty after being accused i mean i i googled it because i was looking because i know that there was an athlete from florida state who was a linebacker who was supposed to be a top five pick in the draft and then he went back and he hurt himself. So his draft stock plummeted a little bit. And then he got accused of sexual assault. And then his, he, he went undrafted. And three years later, when they finally got it all through court in February of 2023, I believe it was, or maybe it was April of 2023, he was found not guilty of all charges. He lost his career. He lost his life. And it's not the first guy that has happened to. It happened to those kids from Ohio State, too. Where the charges get dropped or they get found like that that they're they're unsubstantiated. Yeah. Like 
Like you've got to understand that these players now it look, if it comes back that the, you know this guy is 22 and he's dating a 14-year-old, sure. Lock him up, throw him under the prison for all I care. Because if he is in a relationship like that, sure, throw him to the wolves. But I'm not going to do that just yet. And guys like like Johnny Manziel coming out of this out of the you know college and into this league, he was just taken advantage of. He was just one of those guys that didn't have the mental makeup to mature and to realize that there were certain people he did and did not need in his life. And that was that was clear to me without even watching this documentary, just by watching how his career unfolded and his life has unfolded since then. Yeah, Texas A&M goes into the SEC uh, the year that they get uh, Johnny football. And I don't, I mean, he was a crazy potter here. He did a lot of stupid shit. Um, you know, Jeremiah says they did gloss over him beating the shit out of his girlfriend. I do remember that as well. I know there was a couple of different accounts. Who knows what happened? But still, I mean, I, I, I just think that when a guy plays football well or he plays baseball well or whatever, Wander Franco, I was going to fold him into this as well. Uh, you know, who got, you know, hun- not hundreds, but over a hundred million dollars, you know, when he was barely 21. Uh, we don't do good with people's mental well-being in this country. We don't do good at, at raising kids in this country. And and I, I don't think football is the right place to raise kids. I mean, you have to have your ducks in a row. You have to have a, a good foundation before you go through this. Um, I mean, look at w- what could have happened to Justin Fields. He came to this Matt Nagy absolute disaster. I mean, obviously, Manziel goes to the Browns, which was somewhat of a disaster back then, too. I mean, they did what they were 22nd. He was taken 22nd in a draft. So I don't really know exactly what they did, but they were probably at least over around 500. But, I, you know, just looking at it uh, on face value, I mean, this kid was definitely exploited, especially by the university, who, who mm-hmm. doubled their contributions. That was, the, I mean, uh, back before the NIL, I mean, that's all college was. Yeah. was just taking advantage of, of, of athletes and, and taking advantage. I mean, you couldn't, if, if you bought an athlete, if an athlete accepted a lunch from a coach, a, a free lunch from a coach because they didn't have the money to buy lunch, they could get suspended. They could lose their scholarship. But a coach could go do something illegal, make hundreds of millions of dollars, do something illegal, and just quit his job and go to another one. Like it was always, it's always just been that way in college, in college sports. I just, you know, I, I think things are changing. I think times are changing. I think college football is going in in a way, or college sports in general is going in a way where it's going to be better. Um, but it, it's still got a long way to go. I mean, with the Northwestern stuff, that that really shows too. It's got a long way I, to go still. Yeah, I mean, I I just think we dismiss dismiss, and this is probably and and this is probably the most egregious player ever that just kind of threw away his talent, threw away what what he was given, um, almost purposefully. Especially in the documentary, goes into some detail on that. Um, yeah. But still, at nineteen. You're that kind, and he he is signing autographs for thirty thousand dollars for certain people. Um, and you're 19 years old, you got that kind of money, and then you're 21, and you get eight 
and a half million dollar signing bonus and all that. And yeah. I think he only was able to keep five million, but still he blows that. I mean, it is it, it's almost humorous by the end how much he did. I mean, he loses like 40, 50 pounds in it, but um, I mean, there's nobody there. I mean, it, it seemed like his parents were there, but his parents seemed like prototypical uh, Texas parents. Yeah. Like they just wanted him to play football. <laughs> right, right. So w- when you first played, when Jibbers first, first started and you started with that, that video, I thought you were going to go with like the Washington Commanders thing. <laughs> Have have you heard about the Washington Commanders? Uh, like they're reporting right now is that over seventy seven thousand signatures from their fans um, have come on a petition to change their name back to the Washington Redskins. The fans really want them to change it back. They've yeah. actually had a um, a couple of of actual Indian tribes that have followed the team and have become fans of the team say that if they do not change the name back to Redskins, they will stop watching and stop supporting the team as well. Now, granted, you know, 30,000 people of, you know, however many million watch Redskins football isn't really going to, to sway their decision on what their name is going to be. But the fans really want this. I don't think this was ever a fan decision i don't think this was ever something the fans were pining for i think this is something that that karen at starbucks was tweeting about and she was she was upset about it and then it you know it took storm and it was during a a time in our country where where we were just offended by everything what do you think about them changing the name back to redskins i'm all for it i i never thought they should have changed it from redskins really yeah i'm gonna disagree with you here i think really like what? tell me where wh- tell me where the Indian tribe called Redskins is and what area of the country that they called home was cuz there isn't one. I mean Redskins was a derogatory. I think this is the only time where let's move on. <laughs> I mean I could really? see I could see with with the Florida Seminoles where there are Seminole Indians, the Seminole Indians actually yeah. were never kicked out of Florida. Yeah. Um we're, we're never Hawks, actually kicked out of Florida. They, they just sort of ingratiated in it yeah the blackhawk yeah. there was blackhawks here Dude, there was in a time where I say, if, if they had touched the blackhawk i i would have i would have i'm telling i would have gone i would have i would have been like that kid the uh, kevin rittenhouse i would have been out there with a rifle <laughs> i would have been, been shooting people <laughs> yeah I, do not touch the blackhawks logo do not touch i i'm okay with them going back to redskins i would actually prefer them to go back to redskins who gets it's 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 their name yeah, you see the I, people. You see the people with the Caucasian logo, <laughs> the Washington Caucasians. You seen that where they take the the Redskins logo and they just put a white guy in in the circle. That would be great. The Washington I've seen that. That's great. That's a great. Yeah. Name. yeah, I. It's just yeah. It's and I'll agree with and I'll I'll, I'll give Shanna some time here too. But I agree with Jeremiah. It's is is it is the one I kind of get. I mean, it, because there is no Redskin Indian, and it was a derogatory name towards Indians. I mean, even the Cleveland Indians, I might even cl- keep Indian. There is some, there is some Native Americans that are like, I don't care if you call me an Indian. Like that's what people used they, to call they, us. They, they, they uh, had, they, they, they had a cartoonish figure. They, sh- they, they had a name in Cleveland that was perfect: the Cleveland Rockers. That would have been perfect. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is there. The spiders would have been perfect because it would have been a tribute to the Negro Leagues. It, it would have been a perfect, it would have been a perfect name. 
Yeah. Um, and I, I, for the life of me, I don't understand why they did it. And they got in trouble with the Guardians, too. I think there was another team named the Cleveland Guardians that had a fight with for rights or something oh, like that. God. But yeah, it, you, you'll never see me be on the side of censorship, but this is kind of one I don't know. It's just so if they changed it back, would you be against it? I'm not sure I'd care enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But if someone asked me on a on a sports show that I was co-hosting, yes, I would care. I would at least say that it's probably wrong. I mean, we're we're I I I don't want to get into all the honorable honorable Indian tribe thing because they were cannibals and they were terrible, just like every other human beings were. I mean, they were pretty honorable when it came to the land. And not destroying the land. That was pretty cool. But uh, they were just as murderous and crazy as, you know, and power hungry as any other human being was. But Redskin, I don't know. That's just, uh, to me, there is no Redskin Indian. <laughs> there was a time when I was back in on the man hour when they changed the name and then they were the Washington football team or, you know, yeah. where they just had. And, and I, I refuse to call them anything. I called them the Washington NRA. The Washington, not Redskins anymore, because that's I, I'm not like I to me, it was it was stupid. It was at the, like same thing when when Washington, the, when the bullets changed their name because of all the gun violence in the city, like stop, stop. Like I from the bullets to the wizards because of all the violence in the city, I it, it, like the, the name of the basketball team does not affect how much violence there is in that city. As a matter of fact, I would almost I would almost say that when they were the Washington Bullets from and now in 2023 when they're the Washington Wizards, there might be more deaths via gun violence in Washington now than there was when they were named the Bullets. You know what I mean? Like we just get to a point where it's just it's it's just it, it was a name. It was, it's been their name their entire existence in the NFL. So why in 2021 did we Can all of a sudden have to Washington, change it? Can't they be the Washington lobbyists? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let, hey, the Washington Snowflakes. Let's make them the Washington yeah. Snowflakes. Or, yeah, the Democrats. Let's let's, let's <laughs> the name them something. Yeah. Like I, I you know, I, and again, I don't. I think there are some good names um, for Washington's football team. Um, I just wouldn't be opposed to them becoming the Redskins again. I, I never, never had a problem with them being the Redskins before. Um, I won't have a problem with them being the Redskins moving forward. But I will tell you this: when I was at the Mar Marist High School, used to be the Marist Redskins, and the only yeah, now they're the, the Red Hawks. I didn't like Red Hawks because I didn't really get it. I was like, oh, whatever. How many Red Hawks do you see in Chicago? I think I wanted to. I think I wanted to be the Red Wolves when they had Red Wolf beer, and that's why I, I think I voted for Red Wolf, and they wouldn't do it. Which I don't yeah. read doesn't make any sense either, but yeah, I don't know. I, I red dog. I just don't see. I don't see the uh, the issue, you know. But uh, again, it's just me. I don't. I don't care either way. No matter what they name the team, I really don't care what they do. I just found it interesting that seventy seven thousand people have signed a petition to change it back to the Redskins. I just thought that was funny. That's but not enough. That's not the enough. The Cubs aren't going to change their name. That's that's not going to happen. The Cubs are going to be the Cubs. Um, they they lose two out of three to the Mets, then take two out of three versus Toronto. The White Sox yep. can't help us out at all, blowing two games to the Brewers in the <laughs> course swept. of 
the weekend as well. God, that was so bad. I watched both of those games, rooting for the White Sox, and and just I mean, they were terrible. Did it hurt you to root for the White Sox? Next, Fitz will want to cancel the Monk Greenwood Crackers. <laughs> Thomas. Greasers, come on. At any rate, uh, look, the Cubs are yeah. two and a half, or no, three and a half out of the division now. Um, and again, they've got 13 or 14 of their next games are against teams in the bottom of their division, while the Brewers are playing teams at the top of their division at the same time. Do they have to be in first place and make their move now by September 1st, or is the wild card the more likely scenario where they are only a game behind the Miami Marlins for the final wild card spot? Well, I think it's, yeah, I mean, three and a half games is more than one, but uh, <laughs> I think the Cubs, yeah, I mean, I, I you would like them to be in first place or at least a game out. By September, their 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 schedule does get a little harder in September, so they're going to have some tough t- tough games then. Um, and you do, you know, maybe I mean maybe wild card is the best they can do. It it's at least something in a year where you really didn't think you'd be close to this. I mean, you're in the American League, you don't you don't have a chance. But you're in the National League, you're in this division, you do have a pretty good chance. I mean, uh, um. It just sucks they're not in the American League Central. That's even worse than the NL Central. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, getting two out of three in Toronto—that's a team that's right on the cusp there for their own wild card, fighting for their lives—was pretty impressive. And and you know, they could have taken all three, although they could have lose lost a couple too. There were there were some close games in there, uh, but that was pretty impressive to see them beat beat Toronto in Toronto like that, a team that's, you know, desperate for some wins uh, for sure. And, you know, I think they can definitely take this wild card. I mean, I don't see Miami being a complete team. I mean, I don't see the Cubs being a complete team either, but I don't think Jake Berger is going to be the difference uh, for the Marlins, even Except though he he's the reason a they're a game up instead of a game back <laughs> with the walk-off win the other day. Yeah. The White Sox continue to screw the Cubs. They get swept by. <laughs> they get swept by the Brewers. Their former players that they traded to contenders are knocking the Cubs back. What the hell is it? What is going on with the White Sox? Oh God! Stop! Do we have to talk about them again? We do have to talk about them. You know why? But because I did you listen to the Cubs? Did you listen to what Rickon said about the Kenyon Mills and stuff? Yeah, he was the one napping. In the he he said well, he, he said that he well. he apologized for for his lack of leadership and and some behavior that he was I guess uh, I I guess was reprimanded for by uh, by Pedro Grafal, which I find very hard to believe Pedro Grafal reprimanded anybody. Um, that's first and and second I. I don't know who I believe in this situation. I'm I'm inclined to believe Kenny Middleton only because other players have conf- you know have confirmed have what he said. confirmed what he said, and, and you know, Rick's on his way out. He's looking for another job. Like I just I don't. Then why would he I say think that? Rick anyway. to everybody. Eh, it's possible, just to keep his credibility, I guess. <sighs> I don't know. I'm just more inclined to believe uh, Rick Hahn only 
you know, because a young kid, it sounds like a young kid would do something stupid like this. It sounds like a young kid would say, would have transference and be like, oh, there was other guys loafing around when he in fact was loafing and maybe he just did it once. I mean, I, it's hard when, when, when we have, he said, he said this bull crap, it just shows how dysfunctional this organization is, man. Well, I didn't, I, mean, I didn't agree with Rakan. I, I really thought that Rakan was lying when, when, you know, he started out that whole thing talking about how um, the White Sox actually showed leadership and they showed it in that weekend when they had the fight versus <laughs> Cleveland guardians. Um, I, what did you no show was in. leadership nobody jumped in nobody came to the defense oh well you know you had guys like 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 vaughn who were out there and you know carrying well, him vaughn, off the field vaughn did carry him off the field I'll, I'll give Vaughn that he seems like a pretty responsible guy if has not enough power for a first baseman um <laughs> at home runs but he can hold uh a, a knocked out tim anderson yeah if you're gonna point to that and say that is leadership I, you sure. don't deserve to be a gm in this league you do not deserve to be a gm in this league and, and andrew vaughn instead of carrying him off the field should have been all over jose ramirez this is not a league where i say oh they're fighting they got fighting them now oh yeah this is leadership that's actually the not what you want to do when you're playing baseball yeah. you don't want to try real hard you'll strike out five times in a game you don't want to and try next thing was like ball. was that and that's what he said he's like oh we got a fight we we took two out of three from the guardians that weekend and then we took two out of three from the yankees great you beat a team that that is you know that is in your division and you should show some fight and hopefully beat every once in a while and then you beat the last place team in the american league east congratulations just gave up a six-run lead to the marlins right and got swept by the brewers who's on their way down is a, is a team collapsing as well it seems like all new york teams are collapsing this yes. year with the mets and the yankees just yeah that whole thing i think boone's gone i think cashman's gone i think yeah i mean you got some trouble in New yep. York. I mean, the only buddy that the only person that's going to be left is Cohen and Steinbrenner. And they'll both spend the money to get back into it. I mean, uh, that's the that's the difference between them and Chicago. We were salivating oh. over Co Cohen. I mean, how wrong were we with our base? We're, we're not wrong. He's he's just he's going to spend more money to fix it, though, and that's the thing. Like what he did was he spent a lot of he did what you know same thing that I've been saying about the Yankees for a long time. He spent a lot of money, but just spent it in the wrong places. Yeah, that's why the the Yankees haven't won since two thousand and nine. It's a harder journey in baseball. It just is. Like I say all the time, it's it's you have to innovate, and innovating Great. takes time, not money. Yeah, no, I get it. Time and effort, not money. Well, it is closing time. It is time for us to get out of here. It has no. been a week. Next week, no. Next week, we will be on live on Wednesday. Wednesday, the 23rd, will be our next live show. We are going to be switching the show to Wednesdays for a couple Stop of reasons. That. One, we are going to be doing the Bears pregame show. We are also hoping to be able to bring you some more Bears coverage on wednesdays during the season because that's when oh, yeah. the coaches speak to the media yeah. and when normally when we get our our injured lists and stuff like that so uh wednesday seems like it's going to be the day uh and so starting next week we will be live wednesdays 7 p.m check us out same bat time same bat channel till then 
Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell your enemies. We're out of here. Hey, fucking minute is.